lot going on in this era of Me Too. Uninvited touching is a big topic. And moving up to the 2020 election in the states, it's been, you know, a topic of conversation because Joe Biden, you know, he is considering a run for the White House. But several women have stepped forward and said, you know, touched me inappropriately. You made me feel uncomfortable. They're not going so far as saying, you know, sexual assault, but just the weirdness of his touching. You know, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about the fact that, you know, he's he's from another time period. And, uh, you know, he doesn't see that there is a problem with, you know, holding onto some woman's shoulders and then awkwardly sniffing her hair before you kiss her on the back of the head. It's awkward and it's uncomfortable. And just because you haven't been called on it, doesn't mean that it's appropriate. But I was reading um, this really cool article that deals with uh, this topic of inappropriate touching or, you know, the fact that some people perceive the way other people touch them is inappropriate in the Washington Post over the weekend. And I immediately thought of poor Joe Biden. Here's what he put out on social media right after. People said, yeah, you touch me inappropriately. It makes me uncomfortable. You're kind of icky. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And now it's all about taking selfies together. Uh, you know, social norms have begun to change, they've shifted, and the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. Yeah, you know, it's it's odd. It's hard to figure out exactly where the line is. Uh, this Washington Post article said life presents uncomfortable moments daily after all. And they differ from person to person. Should rejecting discomfort be the new norm? A lot of people think that, you know, if I feel comfortable with it or uncomfortable with it, then everybody should adhere to what makes me feel uncomfortable. So where do you draw the line? I was really interested in one of the people that was quoted in this article. Uh, Francis McLowan is a professor of neuroscience at John's John Moore's University in Liverpool. He joins the show right now. Uh, professor McLowan, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because you are um, taking the side of the fact that norms governing touch are headed to a place where they can actually cause harm. How so? Uh, good morning. Um, as, a, as a basic neuroscientist, I, I don't sort of form opinions. I basically deal with facts. And it is a fact that all social mammals have a skin, have a nerve in the skin that responds specifically to gentle touch. Now, this nerve fiber didn't evolve for no reason. It basically evolved to promote the benefit and reward of close affiliative contact. We see that most predominantly between a mother and infant. We see it in old people's homes. We see it, well, we're seeing it less and less because there's a fear of social touching now where, you know, the the touch police are out there kind of demonizing anybody who touches anybody as being a potential pervert. And I think what we need to do is just get the science out there and let people make judgments from a better informed position. And I'm not in any way saying that there aren't inappropriate touches within both genders, by the way. But I think this hysteria now that's meted out by the media, where anybody touches anybody, there's an immediate sort of, you know, ton of bricks comes down on them. And the, insi- you know, the, sort of the insinuation is that you're always, by default, guilty of some level of perversity. The danger in this is that people are now no longer comfortable 
using an affiliative sort of pat on the back, or, or you know, a, a touch that is, that is completely innocent. But in evolutionary terms, it's got three million years of sort of naturalness about it. So all I'm trying to do as a neuroscientist is put some perspective back in place and not throw the baby out with a bathwater, if that makes some sense to you. Yeah, it is making some sense. Social touch is a biological necessity. What does it do for us? Let me give you an example. The best, you know, most neuroscience advances by either stimulating a part of the nervous system or cutting it out. <laughs> this is our basic tools. You know, we've learned a lot about the brain through injuries meted out, you know, during war and, co- and conflict or a bit of the brain. You know, the classic example is Phineas Gage, who sort of, you know, damaged his frontal lobes while he was tamping a, an, iron, uh, a, an iron rod down when he was building a railway in, in Cavendish. It went through the top of his head. Uh, and this nice God-fearing Christian turned into, turned out to be a very sort of um, uncontrolled and, uh, and and sort of unregulated human being because he damaged his frontal lobes. But so getting back to touch, the you'll have heard of the Romanian orphanage babies. Uh, these were discovered in the mid 1990s, I think, in mm-hmm. Romania. And there were thousands of babies uh, in these orphanages, none of whom were being handled. All of them had severe social deficits in the way that they behaved. As soon as they got put into caring environments by foster parents, their behaviour began to normalise. And the one critical factor that those babies was not was not getting was touch. And this link now between early experiences between nurturing care of a mother and an infant is not just nice, a nice add-on. It's playing a fundamental role in this nerve fibre socialising the developing brain. So if this nerve fibre doesn't get stimulated, and we see this quite often with postnatal depression where a mother doesn't bond with her baby, that baby's brain develops abnormally. Uh, and the key factor that's causing that dysregulation is this nerve fibre that's only relatively recently been discovered in humans that responds specifically to a gentle stroking touch. What's so the nerve fiber called? Stomach. It's called a C-tactile afferent. <clears throat> Interestingly, the C fiber that everybody does know about is the nociceptor. So if you burn yourself, that painful experience that you sense is because of the C fiber in the skin that's evolved to protect you. Now that C fiber is clearly, everybody understands that. If I didn't have this C fiber, I'd put my hand in boiling water and I wouldn't know it. So this other C fiber that's only recently been discovered also protects you, and it protects you against isolation and neglect. So it, it basically provides a reward. The reason it's pleasant to be hugged is that this nerve fiber plugs into emotional networks in the brain that govern uh, this reward system we get from a hug or a pat on the back. And in most social contacts, that's an absolutely normal and reassuring thing to have experienced. <clears throat> but I suppose the thing with Joe Beden is that you're getting this, <clears throat> everyone's been put in the same pot. And there's a lack of recognition that we need to be more careful in, in demonizing touch. And yeah. the other downside, of course, to this is, is that we, we, you know, we have a generation growing up now that don't touch anybody because they're touching screens instead. So there's, you know, there are other things that need to be sort of <clears throat> put into the picture here where we're, we're less tactile. Professor, you brought up the importance of um, the early uh, touch to a child and a mother, but I I read recently that more Canadians are living alone 
And, you yep. know, if you're an adult, how important is it that we also s- stimulate this this C uh, tactile uh, nerve bundle in an adult? Oh, that's a very, yeah, no, that's a very good point, Kelly. This, this nerve fiber plays a role throughout our lives. There was a wonderful social neuroscientist who died last year called John Cacioppo. And John Cacioppo has a wonderful TED Talk where he talks about the whole process of isolation uh, and neglect. Uh, he didn't know about this seed tactile afferent, although I did remind him of it. But he comes up with a figure in North America of the increasing number of singletons from the 1970s onwards. More and more people are living alone. And there's this statistic called an odds ratio. And the odds ratio of an early death, that's the link between a cause and an event. So the odds ratio of an early death from smoking or diabetes or cancer is sort of 30, 35%. The odds ratio of an early death from loneliness is 48%. Wow. And I ask this question, what don't lonely people get, Kelly? Touched. Touched, exactly. No one's waking up to this. They're looking at all other demographic factors. So in an effort to do the right thing, Professor, you know, by saying, hey, you you know, you shouldn't touch people inappropriately. What we're doing is making the masses uncomfortable with what is appropriate, where the line is. And then that could have, you know, adverse repercussions we didn't expect on our socialization in the long run. Absolutely. North America is getting more and more litigated by the moment. You can't even blink without somebody suing you. You don't get this in France, by the way. If you look at cultural differences, this, this, this demonization and touch hasn't, hasn't grown in France, although what tends to grow in North America tends to leak across the Atlantic mm-hmm. to Europe eventually. So one has to be very wary. All I'm saying is the science critically shows that stress is regulated by this nerve fiber. So babies that do not get this early tactile interactions with their mothers have a hyperactive stress system in their brains. So they do not regulate stress when they're adults. Now that link, I'll give you another thing that basically drives me mad. North America is the only country on this planet now that doesn't have paid maternity cover. So women are giving their babies into care at 10 weeks old in North America. Oh no, we have it in Canada. You have? Oh, yes, we do. A year. Yeah. For men and women. Yeah, but not in that other America, the one that's south of the border. Now, you can imagine the damage of a woman having to give a child into care. That care may be optimal, by the way, but all the studies that have been done looking at a stress hormone cortisol in babies in care is that it's elevated. Even if that's the best nursery on the planet, those babies should be in one place and one place only for their first couple of years, ideally. Uh, and that's with the mother. But that's a very contentious thing to say when I'm speaking as a biologist. Sure. And it's a, a, a yeah. And, and it opens another can of worms and another discussion that we might have another day with you. But I, I really appreciate your take on this because I think, to. you know, when we're focused on the social norms and, you know, what is appropriate and inappropriate, a lot of the times we forget about um, how we have evolved over these three million years and why we touch yes, and, and yes. interact the way we do. Absolutely, Kelly. And I'm in your city, Dublin. I realized, looked at your website, that you lived in Dublin. For I a while. did indeed, yes. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the Liffey. Oh, wow, all right. <laughs> okay, well, don't swim in the Liffey. As you and I know, that is a filthy, filthy river, but it is, uh, it's got some pretty bridges. Thank you so much Great, for goodbye. joining us on the, on the air today. Cheers. That's Francis McLoan. He is a professor of neuroscience at John Moore University in Liverpool, but in uh, one of the places I once called home, Dublin, Ireland.